and thank you for listening to Cinephiles Digest. This is episode 98, and on this week's show, we are continuing our top 100 of all time lists. We've got entries 75 through 51. It's going to be fun and fantastic. Let me go ahead and introduce my co-hosts. Travis, welcome back. How are you? Hello, hello. Doing great. Good to hear. And Tom, what's up, dude? It is I. Doing pretty good. A little stuffy. Mm-hmm. Just having a kid. You live in a cesspool. <clears throat> yeah, it's gross over here. So dirty. <laughs> we had to change his shirt at like 9.30 in the morning. That's how dirty he is. <laughs> like he had just been in his shirt as of like 8.30 when he woke up and he already had to change it? Or Oh, God, I wish it had been 8.30. It was 5.30 and I tried to sleep through it for about an hour. <laughs> so 6.30. Oh, man. And uh, there was already... Um, there was oatmeal and plum juice and yogurt. Dude, yeah, on his how shirt. Did he function. You went to bed pretty late last night. I don't know. I felt great this morning. Uh, normally, I, I don't. Normally, I feel terrible, but I just uh, <laughs> got lucky today, I guess. Very cool. All right. Well, before we get into uh, our next uh, entries, is there any uh, business to attend to? Any uh, any news? Any updates? You, you guys want to bring up before we dive in? Mm, not for me. Pretty cut and dry. Didn't really uh, look at my list or do too many rewatches. It's uh, pretty much the same as when we last met to do this. I did some tweaking. Yeah, I, mean, I, but... I rewatched The Da Vinci Code, and I wish I could have snuck it in at number 100, but uh, <laughs> oh you know, those are already set in stone. I so. can't tell if you're trolling or not. <laughs> I'm half trolling. I did rewatch the Da Vinci Code, <laughs> and I do love it. <laughs> and I did love it while I was washing the dishes. It was great. <laughs> oh shit! All right. Well, yeah, I didn't rewatch much either. Got a couple in. Did a little bit of tweaking on uh, this next chunk of movies, but uh, overall, not too many changes. So. Let's just go ahead and dive right in. Uh, I'm going to be kicking things off with the number 75 pick on our countdown. And for me, that is Paul Thomas Anderson's Punch Drunk Love. This is, um, I don't know, it probably depends on who you ask. It's either criminally overrated or criminally underrated. Um, I'm not going to go on either side of that because this is, you know, one of the most famous, influential prestige filmmakers of the last 30 years that we're talking about. So I feel like you can't really call any of his movies underrated per se, but I really like Punch Drunk Love. It's one of my favorites of his. I think it is super funny. I love Adam Sandler's performance. It was the first time where I was like, wow, Adam Sandler, this guy, uh, he can act if he tries. And uh, he's done it a couple times since, but uh, Punch Drunk Love is still my favorite Sandman performance. Um, I just love how idiosyncratic and weird this movie is. Um, so that's why it's number 75. Was that your first PTA on the list? 
Um, on the list, yes. I know it won't be your last. No way, Jose. That is my first of the list, though. Okay. All right, Travis, you're up. Me, 75 is Green Room, directed by Jeremy Saulnier. Oh, man. Or however you pronounce it. <laughs> uh, I just uh, love the setting of this movie. I love most of the performances, and... It's just really intense. It's a very tense, taut thriller. Mm. And uh, for that, I uh, really like it. It's just, yeah, it's just very well done as a thriller. Yeah. I wish I liked it more than I do. I mean, not to say that I dislike it. I think it's a great movie. I just, I don't know. It seems like a movie made for me, but I just... I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's I, I really yeah. like it, but I feel like I should Have like it more than I do. Seen it once? No, oh, no, dude. I've tried to force feed it so many times. Uh, okay. I've seen it probably four times. It's got that one five. part. Pretty good. Oh, with the the tummy. Little, I was gonna say tummy. with the hand. Oh, the hand. That's pretty <laughs> bad too. Yeah, some pretty shocking, uh, pretty shocking gore in that movie. It's good shit R. though. R.I.P. Anton Yelchin. Gotta say it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's great in that movie for sure. Mm-hmm. All right, Tom. Let's hear it. Number 75. Lady Bird. Uh, I think this movie's really funny. And um, yeah, it's a coming of age story. Not usually like my bag, but uh, this one is. It's back to back coming of age movies, Tom, on your list. You sure it's not uh, your bag as you put yeah. it? I'm sure. All right. If you say so, (laughs) I'm going to keep an eye out on that one. (laughs) Cool. All right. Well, number 74, this is Carol. 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 From uh, Todd Haynes. Um, Yeah. Recent rewatch. Recent rewatch. Uh It was, um, it was a fringe pick. If you recall on the last episode, I said I had about three movies that were like chilling in the 73 through 75 spot in the waiting room (laughs) and uh, confirmed Carol, uh, but it stayed where it's at. So kind of uh, worked out perfectly, but uh, steamy, steamy sex scene. That was fantastic. I love the look of the film. I absolutely love the performances. I think it's bittersweet. It's romantic. It's heartbreaking. It's, I love the um, the setting, like the I think fifties, maybe sixties. Just love the setting, the costuming, um, the forbidden love story. Yeah, the aesthetics of that movie are top notch. It's just Boring. so good. I mean, yeah. Totally. No way, dude. It's killer. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> it's a little slow. Carol rules. No way. I, I do really like it. It's not. I like in it too. My top one hundred, but I don't even remember the sex scene. Oh, TVH. dude, the whole movie is just just looks, <laughs> just like sexual tension. And then when it finally happens, oh, my God. Oh, I'm getting steamy just thinking about it. Um, Todd Haynes, Carol, good ship. Love Todd mm-hmm. Haynes. All right, uh, my turn. This is kind of boring because it was on my top ten of the decade, but um, there's probably going to be most of those on here, to be honest. Um, Life of Pi, directed by Ang Lee. Mm. It is a beautiful oh movie. It uh, visually 
appealing, very. Uh, the 3D is amazing in it. I love the the story and how you can kind of interpret the way you want to. Um, like it's, you can take it as like a biblical reference or just like straight on. Um, yeah, I think I said a little bit more about it on the Decade episode if you want to take a peek at that one. Yeah, check her out. We're not fucking around on this one. If you want to hear good thoughts on these films, <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> Look at the back catalog. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, uh, my number 70. Yeah. Nice. My number 74 is Gladiator, um, yes. which was also our um, Academy Award-like third or second place winner. <laughs> Oh, in the uh, the best picture bracket, yeah, yeah, best picture <laughs> from the from the two thousands. <laughs> Hell yeah! Oh my god, you're a hero, Tom. I love this pick. Gladiator fucks and um, <laughs> amazing soundtrack. <laughs> the fact that your voice cracked on that is so yeah. good. <laughs> uh, everybody's seen Gladiator. Sometimes the frost makes the blade stick. I mean, come on. That movie gets me hyped. For sure, mm-hmm. big time. It should. I'm surprised it's not higher, Tom. Well, you know, it's a it's a jigsaw puzzle. The fact that it's even here, I'm I'm thankful for. <laughs> Very nice. All right, uh, what's next? We're on seventy three. Yep. Yep. Uh, number 73 for me is Christopher Nolan's Interstellar. Talked about it at length on this show in the past, but it is, uh, epic. It is, uh, visually stunning. Some clunky dialogue, but, you know, that's to be expected in most, uh, Christopher Nolan films. Um, and it just, uh, makes me cry every time I watch it. The Matthew McConaughey scene where he's watching the... The videos from home gets me every time. The stuff at the end, it's uh, kind of corny, but you know, I like I like some corn, corn and cream. I'm a corn and cream guy, and uh, Carol has the cream, Interstellar has the corn, and um, I love them both. So Interstellar, number seventy three. Did you mention the score? Oh, it's huge. <laughs> didn't we? Uh, didn't it is huge. Didn't I? Um, I don't remember which episode it was, but it was like I used. It was the decade episode, and you used the wrong. I have the track. wrong song from. <laughs> oh. It's still a good track, but it was not my pick. Well, Tom decade. and I agreed that it's the superior Interstellar track. Right. So. Yes, I'm glad you guys picked my yeah, pick for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, my seventy-three is the favorite, directed by your goat. That high, uh, huh? Oh, just uh, love this director. This is actually, yeah, my top Yorgos movie. What? The favorite uh, is your favorite Yorgos? And I think it's because it it's like the most rewatchable, in my opinion. Oh, you don't I, need I to explain love, it to me. I just love the dynamic between all the characters, and I love the performances. I love the the look of it, like the way it's shot. Um, the ending is come town. Um, yeah, I just uh, love this guy and uh, he needs to be on the list at least more than once. So 
I've done my duty. Very interesting. I would, I'm going out on a limb here, but I would say the favorite is probably my least favorite my of God. his films. I haven't seen Alps, but I do love. You don't even like it tooth. more than the lobster. Oh, dude, you're fucked, Tom. You're gonna hear like about the lobster. the lobster on this episode. Not to spoil too much, but the lobster is my least favorite that I've seen of his. But I could see oh, it going up, but not surpassing Dogtooth, Sacred Deer, or the favorite. Mm. Whoa. Mm. Well, give her a shot. You never know until you try. I Have you only I've seen it once? It twice. Twice. So okay. Gotta dive back in once more. Nice. All right. Well, that's the favorite. Tom, what's your uh, 73? Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, no. Hell, yeah. <laughs> that came out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, I don't even know why this is here, but I really want a rewatch of it, and I think I'm going to love it. <laughs> oh, my God. That's... So Amazing. you're you're pre rewatching <laughs> a film into your top 100. <laughs> that is Kinda. insane, but I love it. <laughs> I love the energy you bring to this uh, this uh, exercise, Tom. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's exactly what we need. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Do you, are there other? I mean, don't play your cards too much, but I mean, are there other Quentin films? On your list? <laughs> no, I don't There's think so. Be, right? Oh my God, what is happening? <laughs> so this is your favorite Tarantino movie? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Pulp Fiction oh, didn't make it. That is amazing. That's He's hilarious. pre-watching this as his favorite Tarantino movie. <laughs> oh my God, that's awesome. All right, well, any... Any other thoughts on <laughs> Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, your favorite Quentin Tarantino film of all time? Not yet. <laughs> we'll check oh, back man. in after the rewatch. Oh, oh my God, God, I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That was 73. Moving on to 72. Um, it's training day. I love training day, too. Okay. <laughs> this is one of those. This was a late edition. I just had to think about, like, movies that I've seen so many times in my life and that I adore. That aren't necessarily the best movies in the world, you know, but are very special to me and have been influential for me and my own personal tastes. And training day played a big part in that. I've been watching it since it came out. Uh, so many iconic lines. One of the most iconic performances from Denzel. My boy Ethan Hawke is in it. It's got everything. Do you remember what episode you used the clip from this for? But <laughs> it was uh, Godzilla awful. versus uh, <laughs> Kong. <laughs> oh right, <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> I tried to find a clip for that movie, but it's a movie where fucking monsters beat the shit out of each other. So it was all just like growls and crashes. So I was like, all right, well, yeah, I was pretty proud of myself on that one. Not gonna lie. But uh, Training Day, it's just, it's fucking awesome and uh, very iconic, very memorable. And it's one that I revisit every couple of years for the past two decades now. So Training Day is my number 72. Classic Denzel. 
and oh, yeah. the movie that gave us uh, David Ayer. And don't writer, forget writer of Training Day, Antoine Fuckboy. Oh yeah. <laughs> What would we do without his contributions to cinema uh, oh, yeah. in the years since? <laughs> no Equalizer 1 or 2. No no Suicide Squad? Without Suicide Squad, we wouldn't have no. the Suicide <laughs> Squad. Suicide Squad. Scubicide Pod. <laughs> cool. Cool, cool. All right, Travis, you're right. 72. My 72 is Itumama Tambien. Mm. Directed by Alfonso Cuaron. And I'm just going to read the synopsis on Letterboxd as my little piece here. <laughs> because it perfectly <laughs> sums up the movie. In Mexico... You mean the synopsis two... sums up the movie? Weird yeah. how that works. <laughs> and, <laughs> and what I have to say about it. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> in Mexico, two teenage boys and an attractive older woman embark on a road trip and learn a thing or two about life, friendship, sex, and each other. Yeah. Boom. That's that's the movie. Great movie. <laughs> I, <laughs> I've only seen it once and I did not like it, but it was like 10 years ago. So I feel like I'm due for a rewatch at this it's, point. It, I, yeah, I feel like you need to rewatch it if you don't love it. It's It looks great. It's pretty layered. It's tragic. It's funny. It's got that coming of age vibe, Tom. It's mm. huge. See, I feel like when I was watching it the first time, I was like, I'd rather just be watching porn right now. You know what I mean? Mm. It didn't do anything for me other than... Maybe you watched it hot. at the wrong time of your life. <laughs> As a 20-year-old horny college kid? <laughs> that's, that's prime I don't know. This time. movie's pretty steamy. There's a couple sexy scenes in it. For yeah. sure. Them jerking... Well, not each other off. <laughs> jerking themselves off next to each other by the pool. Great scene. Yeah, Spoilers. Dude, I love jerk off scenes. <laughs> <clears throat> cool. All right. All right. 72, Jurassic Park. Nice. The greatest dinosaur movie in existence. Uh, I don't know. It's just a classic. I've watched it probably uh, a thousand times. Um, <laughs> limitlessly <laughs> quotable. <laughs> and, you know, it holds up. I think I talked about this recently because I made Sarah watch it for the first time. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> she had no reaction, but I loved it all over again. No, and the music is <laughs> sorry. John Williams is uh, the goat for sure. No one even comes close, as far as I'm concerned. Mm. Nice Jurassic Park. It's good shit. <clears throat> Number uh, seventy-one for me is a happy little film called Funny Games. This is uh, the OG. Which one? The OG, uh, 1997. This is Michael Hanukkah's uh, fun romp through the countryside with uh, you know a couple of young lads helping out a family in the woods. It's uh, funny, heartfelt, and um, just a fun watch. Uh, funny, <laughs> funny games. <laughs> <laughs> this has been on my watch list for a while, but I haven't gotten around to it. It's really good. It, so the remake is, I think, probably just as good. Um, I just have to give credit to, you know, it being the original. But really, they're they're the same film. It's essentially a shot-for-shot remake. So, um, 
If if you don't give a shit, I'd say just watch the English language version because it's got Naomi Watts and uh, mm-hmm. Tim Roth in it. And uh, who's the weird dude? Michael. Uh, yeah. Pitt? Michael Pitt. Yeah, he's great. Brady so Orbit. Hanukkah did it. He directed the second one too, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He remade so, his own film in English. So weird. Baller move. And it's like pretty much shot for shot. Mm-hmm. It's very similar. Yeah, well, they're they're both fantastic, but I'm I'm giving credit. Work into it then. <laughs> I'm giving credit to the original, so that's my uh, 71 funny games. Very great. Guess what Rotten Tomatoes gives this movie the 2007 uh, version. Uh, 54 percent. Wow, that's really close. 52. Oh shit! Oh, I knew it was like basically oh, audience score down. 54. Well, I bet most of Hanukkah's films would have a split like that, especially for audience score. <laughs> uh, he, he, I feel like Michael Hanukkah actively hates people who watch movies, and his whole uh, career is like, fuck you, nerd. You like movies? Watch this shit. Yeah. You want to enjoy well, a movie? Fuck you. You're going to be bored, and it's going to be <laughs> abstract and cold. <laughs> fuck you, you little cuck. That's his whole career. <laughs> did he do I the believe. same thing with uh, Cash or Cache? Oh, Cache is... Um, Dude, that movie is nuts. Where, very weird. And also not a mainstream uh, <laughs> Not a mainstream watch at all. Didn't you guys tell me about this one too? Is this the one where they get... Yeah. Like somebody sends them photos? Yeah, like they're, they're like, like taking pictures of them. them. Yeah, it's like a yeah, stalking yeah, yeah. surveillance <clears throat> film. That movie's right. nuts. That's also on the list. <clears throat> to watch the movies I haven't watched yet. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Travis, seventy-one. All right, uh, seventy-one for me. Tom, you still owe me a watch of this movie. Don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. Right in line <laughs> with uh, Adventures in Babysitting, um, a childhood favorite. And I did rewatch this recently, and it does hold up. It is a very fun movie. It's got a. Uh, great like 80s 90s aesthetic to it um it's very quotable very watchable a lot of nostalgia here it's a it's a great movie and uh, if you haven't seen it i would highly recommend it if you're looking for just like a fun watch all right well i've never seen it so i guess i'll put it on the list very cool all right tom my number 71 is Stalker, the 1979 Andre Tarkovsky film. Um, I would recommend this if you're not looking for a fun watch. <laughs> it is long and slow <clears throat> and arguably boring, but I find it fascinating. And uh, it has a special place for me because I watched this during my first, like, my my only really, like, film film and story college course where we analyze some movies. <clears throat> so that was a fun experience for me. So nice. it's on the list. I really, I mean, I do like yeah. it genuinely. <clears throat> Tom, didn't you make us, a... or didn't you make one yeah, of us made, watch it? Yeah, I made it? one of you watch it. I think you liked it, right? lost, and then I was like, I'm going to watch it anyways because I really want to. Oh, yeah. I think that's how it went down. You liked it, right? Me? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I liked it. I didn't love it though. It was, 
It was abstract. I need to watch it again. <laughs> it's pretty abstract. <laughs> I mean, it's also... Uh, God, where's the runtime on here? It's insane. It's like 160 minutes or something. Uh, coming from someone who just rewatched it uh, about an hour ago, uh, it's like two and a half hours. You're kidding. You just watched this? Yeah, I was cramming. Cramming Jesus. or well, cramming? <clears throat> well, How'd it go? I don't want to play my cards, but um, stay tuned. Right on. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, that brings us to number 70. My number 70 is Denis Villeneuve's uh, Arrival. Mm-hmm. It's a sci-fi classic, modern classic. It is... Uh, overrated. No, you're overrated. <laughs> it's a uh, beautiful look at. Uh, I love the score. I love the story. I love the circular nature of the plot. Brings it full circle with the opening and the closing, and um, it's sad. It's uh, I love the language stuff, just the communication with the aliens and how they're like developing the you know the code to speak with them, and it's just an awesome, awesome sci-fi movie, and I love it. So that's why it's at number seventy. <clears throat> I'm always right. tempted to rewatch that movie. I feel like I could watch it. <clears throat> Like once a year and still still like it. Yeah, it's really good. I've seen it several times. Very cool. My number 70 is Silver Linings Playbook. Interesting. Directed by David O. Russell. Love the two performances, the two lead performances. Uh, love all the little side characters and their little moments that they have. <laughs> love the ending of this movie. The... Uh, well, I don't want to spoil it if people haven't seen it, but uh very good ending. And um yeah, I don't know much else to say about. It. There's a kind of a football aspect to it that adds a a little Gets you going. to it as well. Oh yeah. <clears throat> kind of like uh Uncut Gems, you know, with NBA. Oh yeah. Yeah. Although I relate is a lot more in focus and Uncut Gems. Uh, but yeah, great movie. Love it. You know, I'm not so sure about what you just said about the sports being more in focus in Uncut Gems. I mean, it's a pretty huge part of Silver Linings Playbook. I'd argue that there might even be more sports in Silver Linings Playbook. You think Playbook. so? They literally go to an Eagles game. And the whole parlay thing, the whole parlay thing at the end, and you know De Niro's gambling thing. And... Well, there's plenty okay. of that in Uncut how about, Gems. How about sure. equal then? Uncut Gems literally has Kevin <laughs> Garnett. Yeah, <laughs> and the climax is like, like hinged in an on NBA locker room. <laughs> Two climaxes in that's one. That's where it ends. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. But yeah, I it's I, I like that aspect of that movie too. Uh, that that's a f- you know that's a movie that uh, I like rewatching and I I do admire a lot. It's just uh, I don't know. There's some things that irk me about it, but overall, it's awesome. I do think it's my favorite David O. Russell movie. For you what it's so? worth, mm-hmm. uh, it's got to be I Heart Huckabee's like, dog. Oh, no way. The Fighter is <laughs> slightly below Silver Linings for me. That's a good movie, too. The rest, take him or leave him. 
Yeah, I'll get fucked. <laughs> American Hustle. Boo. Meh. Uh, cool. All right, Tom. Number seven zero. Seventy. <clears throat> Magnolia. PTA. Ooh. Um, to be honest, I don't remember this movie very well. All I remember is loving it. <laughs> Fair enough. I saw this when I was probably twenty two, senior year of college. Um and I remember it has a lot of interconnecting stories and some fantastic realism, which is my bag. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. I've only Baby. seen it once. That that and uh inherent vice I've only seen once. I have never seen Magnolia. What? That's that's a I pretty know. big blind spot for you, dude. I know. I'm surprised. Every time I'm like, mm, three hours. Weird PTA <laughs> movie. I don't know. Uh, man, the cast list. Tom Cruise, Philip, William H. Macy, Julianne Moore, <laughs> John C. Riley, Alfred Molina. My God. It doesn't it get on. better. It sounds like the cast of Boogie Nights <laughs> minus Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It does. I mean, is that a bad thing? Swapping Mark oh, Wahlberg no. for fucking Tom Cruise, dude? Come <laughs> on. <laughs> I'll take that <laughs> trade any day. <laughs> nice. <clears throat> All right. Coming in at number 69, appropriately. It's a movie about love, but not a happy movie. It is Charlie Kaufman's Anomalisa. Nice. One of the I would I would even go so far as calling it an anti love movie. Uh, it is very um, I don't. It, it is depressing, but I think the word I'm looking for is um, it's very critical of um, basically the whole premise is that there's no such thing as unrequited love and that everyone is the same. And you may have these experiences where this person like cuts through the static and you think they're this special person, but ultimately they're just like everyone else and they're all flawed and everyone's the same. We're all pieces of shit. And, uh, it's very nihilistic and puppets. Fuck. I mean, do I need to say more? It's huge. Anomalisa 69, baby. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that movie makes me so uncomfortable. Oh, it's quite it's uncomfy. Uncomfortable. That is me. Number 69. Matt, don't have a heart attack. The Mist. Directed by Frank Darabont. Oh my god. <laughs> Are you for real? <laughs> Love this movie. <laughs> and it's not mist. just for the ending. The ending is... Kind of notorious. That's the only <sighs> good part of the movie. Is this no, the one with no, the gorillas? No. Oh my god! Yep, gorillas uh, in the mist. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> the mist for short. <laughs> um, I mean, first a freak of all, I storm just... unleashes a species of bloodthirsty creatures on a small town, where a small band of citizens hole up in a supermarket and fight for their lives. Okay. I love the the story. How there's no real well, there is an explanation for them, uh, the the creatures, and uh, I like how all the creatures are different. Like um, I like all the designs of them, even if they are a little silly. Because I mean, like the effects of this movie are bad. I would say bad. Lower budget. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I think it adds to it. To be honest. 
it has like a, a campiness to it, but it it doesn't go like too far in that direction to where it like loses you. It's like just enough to where you can like be okay with it and actually have fun with it a little bit. Um, but yeah, I just love the setting. I, it's also another like tense movie, and yeah, the ending is is a banger. So it's on my list. Deal with it. Insane, Sweet. but I like it. All right. <laughs> my 69. number sixty nine is Dead Poet Society. <clears throat> R.I.P. Um, this movie is just, uh, you know, it's like, I always think of this one with Goodwill Hunting, you know, like a movie you saw for the first time when you were 16 and it was the best thing you'd ever seen. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it, you felt, you felt seen for the first time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this one is super funny, super heartwarming, super heartbreaking. Um, and, uh. Another coming of age story. So fuck me. <laughs> yep, you're fucked. You <clears throat> Dead Poet Society and Goodwill Hunting are both movies that like every like AP student in high school, like future yeah. val- uh, valedictorian, was like obsessed with and like yes. thought that they were the only ones who knew about it and it like spoke to them and <laughs> yes. then you you know you age like five to ten years and then you're like okay well those are good movies but the internet that kind yeah. Of thing. <laughs> yeah but and, i'm glad oh, it yeah. still holds a special place for you tom i'm happy to hear that <laughs> at heart yeah, you're still one, your class valedictorian you know good goodwill wasn't uh wasn't on the list for me so this one stuck around Mm-hmm. Very cool. All right. <clears throat> Number 68 is Shane Black's The Nice Guys. I've been force feeding this one for years. It finally happened with the last rewatch. It's uh, fucking hilarious. It's so it entertaining. I showed it to Haley. I've been trying to get her to watch it for the whole time we've been dating, and she just has expressed very minimal interest. I finally convinced her. Of course she loved it. It's just so entertaining. I like I of all the movies on my list, this is for sure just across the board, one of the most well rounded entertaining films on the list. And um uh, one of my favorite Ryan Gosling performances. I think he's super underrated as a comedic actor. And I really wish he would um, take more roles. Like between this and Crazy Stupid Love. I think he's he's really funny. I wish he would do more of this. He does kind of stuff. have some good moments. <clears throat> I think there are they might both be in the trailer, but yes. Good stuff. His good mo- he has so many good moments. Oh my god, dude. I can't believe you just Oh, it's in the trailer. You're talking <laughs> about the part where he breaks his, his arm and he like screams like a little girl. That's one that, that you're thinking my of. Favorite part. That's really good. <laughs> and then the see the other scene I know you're thinking of is the one where he's taking a shit and he's like trying yep. to keep the door stall open and yep. while he's on the gun. Yeah. Yeah. Those are great moments, obviously, but other killer moments. You gotta. I wasn't trying it. to write them off. I was just <laughs> highlighting the the top ones. No, there's a. Oh god, I, I'm gonna butcher the line. Um, it's at his 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 daughter's birthday party at the bowling alley, and uh, one of her friends says, 
you shouldn't take the Lord's name in vain. And Ryan Gosling is like, I didn't Janet or some ver- <laughs> some variation of that. He like back talks her and he's like, says Janet. I just fucked that whole thing. All right. The nice guys. Number 68. Check her out. Killer. Killer it's awesome. Scene. All right. Uh, my number 68 is let the right one in. And if you would asked me to make this list five or 10 years ago, this probably would have been in my top 10. I do you love this movie a lot? I recently rewatched it and it didn't have quite the same effect on me. I don't know if it's that I've gotten older or seen a lot more movies now or I've just seen this movie too many times at this point and need it need to let it just rest for a bit. But uh it's got a great central love story. Uh it's kind of got like well, multiple genres at least. I wouldn't say every genre, but it's like part procedural. It's like part romance, part horror, part thriller. Uh, it's got some great set pieces for being a pretty low budget movie. Uh, it looks great. It's got uh, Hoyt Van Hoytema behind the camera. Mm-hmm. It's uh, a great movie. Before we knew who. Uh Old Hoity Toity was oh, his yeah. first. Um, put him fame. on the map. Love yeah. it. All right, Tom, your number sixty-eight. Uh, my number sixty-eight is my left foot. Never seen it. Never seen it either. <laughs> really? Yeah. It sat in my Netflix. Uh, in the days of Netflix Instant, remember those days? No. In those days. That's what that's what Netflix was called, like when they were first transitioning to streaming, like when everyone was still getting the DVDs, you know, you, they, when they were first streaming, it was called Netflix Instant. And my left foot was sitting in my Netflix Netflix queue for like four years and I never watched <laughs> I never watched it. it still haven't got... watched it. <laughs> I <laughs> am <down>. surprised. Yep. <laughs> well. Uh, my left foot for anybody who doesn't know is about, I think it's a true story about a, uh, man in Ireland. I don't know what time, like what, when it is, but you know, it was a while ago. (laughs) Times were tough, (laughs) let's say. And, uh, he was born with cerebral, cerebral palsy. God, that's hard to say. Uh, that is hard to say. uh, It's easy to say in your head, (laughs) uh, but not with your mouth. And uh, anyway, he's assumed to have like a learning dis- or like an intellectual disability just because he, you know, because he can't like do normal things like hold a pencil. Uh, so the one thing he does have pretty good control over is his left foot. And he manages to accomplish a lot of things that way. So Danny Day-Lewis, you know, uh, classic performance. I don't know if that's really the one that put him on the map, but it is quite remarkable. Uh, it's been a while since I've seen this one too, but um, it's a fantastic movie. You guys should watch it. I'll get around to it eventually. Yeah. It's been on the list for about 15 years now, but <laughs> I don't know what you're waiting for. You guys are going to love it. I'm, yeah. You're probably right, but it's just one of those movies. Everyone has just one of those movies. Man, I have lots of those movies. Okay, it's 103 <laughs> minutes. That's that's a selling point. It's good enough. All right. 
Uh, moving on to number 67, relatively recent watch. Talked about it on the show, and both of you guys were like, oh, yeah, that sounds interesting. I'll check it out. And then neither of you did. <laughs> it is 1937's Make Way for Tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's huge. It's the movie about the um, old couple who uh, fall on hard times and none of their children and their respective families want to help them or bring them in. And it's very, uh, very enlightening as far as the way that it approaches um, interfamilial drama and just selfishness. And it's heartbreaking and really snappy dialogue. I love how well acted it is and just um, a remarkable film. It is the oldest film on my top 100 and uh whoa it's honestly one i would recommend to anybody i think no matter what your relationship is with film even if you have an aversion to you know black and white old movies i do think it there's a a universal aspect to the the themes in the film that uh you know anybody can relate to so i think uh it's a fantastic film, and it probably when I do ultimately rewatch it, it'll go even higher. But for now, number 67. You should have just uh, plugged the episode that you talked about it. Well, I don't what fucking it, remember. It so go. What is it called? Figure Make it Way out. for Tomorrow? Make Way for Tomorrow. I, I'm sure I talked about it Did on. Did you put it in the show notes? No, I don't put what we've been watching in the show notes, like specific Come titles. On. I don't have time for that, dog. Come on, grow the show. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, 67, Batman Returns. Oh, you coward. I thought you were going to say Batman Forever and I was going to applaud you, but. Oh, my God. No. Batman technically, Returns. Batman Returns is the better film, but. I was going to lose it. Uh, <laughs> love the aesthetic of this. Love the, the look of it. The thing I am obsessed over is Catwoman. Selena Kyle knew it. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The <laughs> look of her, it's everything. It's, you know, also, the, the penguin looks amazing as well. Love the costuming and makeup for pretty much everyone. But those two characters in particular are great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just a fun Batman movie, but um, just love the aesthetics. Tim Burton was, this is when he was firing on all cylinders in the uh, creative department. Yeah, I, I watched that in the last year, and um, I didn't like it as much as I thought I would. It's a great movie, but I think I probably, I always thought I preferred Batman Returns to Batman, but mm -hmm. I think I prefer no. Batman. You're a traditionalist? Yeah. You know, especially when it comes right. to Batman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm that way with some franchises. I get it. Mm -hmm. Cool, cool. All right, Tom. 67. American Beauty. <clears throat> oh, yeah. oh, you're canceled, bud. <laughs> Kevin Spacey, yeah. you should know better, dude. <laughs> Hell yeah, Tom. Hell yeah. Preach. <laughs> I love this movie. It is a it is a great movie. You know. Yes. It's tainted it, now. It hasn't aged that great, but uh yes. You mean so. in the real world or as a movie? Well, I feel like it got the Oscar backlash first 
and then like it got the like oh like let's feel bad for you know like uh well-off white people and then the whole kevin spacey thing it just like people want to hate and shit on this movie even though it is a great movie mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> i think it's a great movie it's kind of turned into like a meme in a lot of ways this uh too you know like with the the plastic bag scene and shit i feel like that's probably oh, yeah. an episode of family guy or something mm-hmm. um but well, and then there's like some kind of there's some creepy stuff in the movie too that people just like yeah but like it's a, a you know flag. it's creepy as a viewer like that's right. the it's point. supposed to be it's creepy yeah. it's supposed to be creepy i think it's really uh creepy and weird and unsettling and uh you know poignant and kind of sexy but in a disturbing way you know which is mm-hmm. also sort of the point like I, I don't know i love everything about this movie i like when the woman when his wife yells about how that it's a 1500 dollar sofa upholstered in italian silk <laughs> it's a great scene uh yeah and i i was really obsessed with this movie for a long time so or when he's had to be on the list bed next to his wife great scene oh my god i forgot about that so good (laughs) so good we haven't even touched upon the film's greatest legacy in that it gave us the iconic katie perry lyric do you ever feel like a plastic bag floating through the wind? Uh, yeah. Never feeling like you <coughs> what a rip know off. where you're going or whatever the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good doesn't, I mean, how much, doesn't Annette Benning count for something for being in this movie? You know, doesn't she like cancel Kevin Spacey out? It's a, it's a double cancel. Uh, her her radiant positivity cancels out Kevin Spacey's just horrible pedophilia, yeah. white privilegedness. Yes. Um, you know, I'm I'm always uh, going to be on the side of separating art from the artist, but you know, sometimes the line gets blurred and in this case I think American Beauty, the line has gotten blurred, but I stand by the fact it's a yeah. it's a good movie. I mean, the tra- so the tragedy the of it is how many parallels there are in this movie to to everything that Kevin Spacey was right. found out to be. <laughs> right. You know. So that's what sucks about it. Damn shame. All right. Cool. Well, that it's was on my list. Very nice. That was number 67. So moving on to 66. It is Coco. Pixar's Coco. Hell yeah. Talked about it at length on the show, so I won't spend much time on it, but, you know, speaks to me as a Mexican-American. I I really, really adore what this movie does as far as um, appropriately and um, emphatically doing its best to... um, do the culture justice as far as the music and the iconography and the the characters, the voice actors. It's all very lovingly constructed, and I uh, I love it. I will never, ever, ever not cry ever. at the end <laughs> when he sings "Remember Me" to his grandma. I will. There's no way I will never. I will never not cry. Never not cry. It is a beautiful, 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 beautiful movie. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's Coco, number 66. 
Travis, what's your 66? My 66 is arguably the best baseball movie of all time, and that is Angels the Sandlot. Of the oh. oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> no, Tom, the Sandlot. Uh, I didn't grow up in the 60s, but I think this perfectly captures the the moment, the time. It also captures just like that like childhood feeling or, you know, playing with the boys um it's uh it feels a lot like stand by me in a way it's got that coming of age aspect to it uh it's very quotable so many memorable scenes uh it's iconic it's i don't yeah there's so many great things to say about it um but yeah it is my it's got to be my favorite baseball movie and it's probably not even close Damn, dude. Obviously, the best baseball movie is Moneyball. Come on, dude. Well, I don't... I mean, it is a baseball movie, but it's a lot of, like, behind-the-scenes baseball stuff. This captures, like, the true love of the game. The other one is, like... You're so corporate, man. Yeah. (laughs) I'm a I'm a baseball head is what I am. That's my favorite sport. That's that's <laughs> statistics, okay? This is the the love and feeling of the game. No way. <laughs> I never liked the Sandlot even as a kid. You're crazy. It's fine. Overrated. Too sentimental. <laughs> Fucking Sandlot and the Goonies can both suck my balls. Oh my God. Overrated nostalgia garbage. Get out of no here. No way. You're just a hipster, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sandlot at number 66. Tom, you're number 66. Kubo and the Two Strings. Oh, I, I heard Cujo and I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Kubo. That makes more sense. Okay. Kubo. Yeah. Uh, I just love this story and like, I love the, uh, the art and the animation in this movie. And, uh, I think it's really funny. Um, yeah, this is one of my favorite animated movies for sure. Probably my favorite just to watch now. Um, but, uh, you know, it doesn't hold the nostalgia that some others do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's fair. I want to rewatch that one. I loved it when I saw it, but. I think I gave it like a four and a half or something, but I do love uh, Laika. They have made some bangers. You like a Delica? Like a Delica. Fucking, what are we on now? 65, right? Mm-hmm. I don't want to skip anything. Okay. Number 65, little old movie called Citizen Kane. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It had to be here. It's... Uh, <laughs> I would. <clears throat> it's the first, I'll call it, classic movie that I actually was like, "Whoa, this is amazing and mind blowing." Like I had kind of a stigma when it came to black and white old movies until I saw Citizen Kane in college, and oh, it changed things. Opened your eyes. Opened my eyes, and I was like, "You know what? Maybe black and white movies are good." <laughs> and turns out they are. And it's just, um, I don't know. I feel like watching that movie for the first time is one of the most like impactful 
movie watching experiences of my life. It's just, I just, it's mind blowing. The fact that that movie came out in 1941 and just the, the way that it looks, the plot, like just the way the whole movie is constructed. My mind was blown that it was made, you know, 50 years before I even existed. So Citizen Kane, uh, I'm not going to go as far as saying it's the greatest movie ever, but it deserves a spot here. So number 65. All right. My 65 is Tommy Boy. Probably should be higher. This is one of my favorite comedies of all time. Chris Farley is the goat. Gone too soon. Um, So quotable. I mean, this was like, yeah, if, if we were to rank movies on how many times we've seen them, this would be in the top five. I've seen this movie countless times. Um, could watch it at any time. It's probably his best movie. It's just a classic comedy. So here's a question. Do you think you have seen Tommy Boy more times than Tom has seen Jurassic Park? Mm, if he's seen Jurassic Park a thousand times, no. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we only had a couple movies on VHS for a long time. Jurassic Park was one of them. I watched it once a day for my whole childhood. So <laughs> <laughs> nice. <clears throat> but this, yeah, cool. this would be one of the few movies I could quote. You know, the majority of, if not all of it. Mm-hmm. It's uh, just one of those movies. It's a uh, part of me. Interesting. Uh, my number 65 is Fantastic Mr. Fox. This nice. is um, a Wes Anderson movie, stop motion. I think everybody knows what this movie is. I love the heist. I love the um, like the ridiculous animal characters and all their, their weird little quirks. Uh, I don't know. I just think it's super fun and stylish. Yeah, Fantastic Mr. Fox is a great, great film. Um, Okay. Moving on to 64. This film is exactly one movie better than Citizen Kane, and that is Hot Rod, starring Andy Samberg. (laughs) (laughs) It is uh, one of my all-time favorite comedies. Um, I have seen it 15 to 20 times. So many amazing lines. Um, it's just, it just, it's, it's feel, it's like comfort food for me. I just watch this movie if I'm feeling down. It's just so annoyingly positive and just, just, it's, it's so fun. And I love Bill Hader's character. I love, um, oh God, (laughs) why am I blanking on his name? Danny. Danny McBride. Danny McBride, yes. Danny McBride, his character is fucking hilarious. I've been drinking green tea all goddamn day. <laughs> just, uh, it's just so weird. It's such a strange sense of humor where it's just like so off the wall and just kind of random, but not random in the same way that Family Guy is random, you know? It's just um, hilarious and it makes me feel good. And that's why it's number 64. I, I adore Hot Rod. It's one of my favorite comedies ever. It's a great one. My turn. Yep. Uh, 64, Blade Runner. Ooh. From 1982, directed by Ridley Scott. 
this movie did not blow me away the first time I saw it. I gave it a two and a half. Thought it was dumb and <laughs> slow. But uh, when I rewatched it, I saw the light, and uh, I love it. I love the score by Vangelis. I love the look of it. Like, just the... We want to talk about style, Tom. This movie's oh. got some style. And it I has know. not aged one bit. Like, it just that looks That woman's haircut? Amazing. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't get me started. <laughs> uh, the whole fit, actually. Mm-hmm. Love the ending. Love the world building. Uh, yeah, it's just... I don't know. It's very just visually pleasing and... It's a little bit of a thinker as well. So, it's a I mean, that bit where movie. he's sitting, um, it, it's it's right at the beginning. He's reading the paper in the rain at like this weird Chinese food booth in the middle of this <laughs> super futuristic, dirty ass city. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh man, so good. Talk <laughs> about setting the tone. Like it's yeah. just. <laughs> Just does it. <laughs> this movie is uh. vibes, start to finish, the whole fucking yeah. thing. Oh yeah, great pick. Great, it's pick. magical. All right, that's sixty-four, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Uh, my number sixty-four is Soul, which I talked about really recently. Uh, so mm-hmm. I won't go into detail, but uh, I think this wow. is my favorite Pixar. I think. It's- wow, oh. recency bias. <laughs> Much? <laughs> uh, not really. I've been watching a lot of Pixar lately with Vinny. So, just crushing Pixar. Yeah, kind of. We watched uh, <laughs> Toy Story three this morning. Probably gonna watch Toy Story four tomorrow. Oh hell yeah! Nice. Toy hell Story three is so good. Oh, that yeah. opening scene, incredible. Yep. All right. Uh, that was 64. Moving on to 63. It is The Lobster. <laughs> it's, uh, my second favorite Yorgos film. Um, it just cracks me up. I, I love how dark this movie is. I, I'd consider it a dark comedy if I were to put a tag on it. Um, I just not a comedic I, drama. No, dark comedy. <laughs> I just start giggling every time I think of uh, Colin Farrell kicking that little kid in the shins. It just <laughs> it makes me laugh every time. It's just so strange. His movies are so bizarre, but it's such an interesting concept. And um, I'll never forget the ending of that movie. It's just insane and. Um, I do like the first half more than the second half, but the second half is still still killer. I just love the world that it creates, and um, yeah, that's the lobster number sixty three. Sweet. Hey, I gotta step away for a second because I can't breathe. I need to take some Dayquil. Okay. Okie dokie. Uh, shall we power through? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead and do your um, your sixty three, and then hopefully Tom will be back. I will. Uh... I will try my best to fill the time. My 63 is Bronson, directed by Nicholas Wendin Refn, or however you want to pronounce his name. Uh, this put, this yeah, pretty much put him on the map as well as Tom Hardy. Uh, it's a um, great, what is it called? The uh, bi- 
Biographical. Autobiograph not autobiographical. Bi- uh, biopic? Biopic. Kind yeah. of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's a different kind of biopic, and I think that's what I like about it. Um, I mean, it is somewhat paint-by-numbers, but it has a couple flourishes that set it apart from like your traditional biopic. Meaning uh, it, Tom Hardy's dong. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it deviates from the story to accentuate his dong. Yes, as um, all movies should. <laughs> it's uh yeah, it's got some great style. I mean, that's kind of what this director is known for. It's got some uh great music choices as well. Um yeah, it's just a uh awesome movie. I, it's uh, What are we talking about? Very entertaining. Bronson. Oh, Bronson. Never saw that. It's pretty good. Not one I'm of my favorites, but... Yeah, I don't know. So, something about Seems it gave like me like you Netflix original vibes. <laughs> oh, <my. laughs> that is insulting, Tom. <laughs> 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 Netflix original <laughs> awesome. <laughs> it came out in 2008, before Netflix streaming was even a thought. Come on. Yeah, I don't know. I'd never heard of it, and then it was on Netflix, so I was like, okay. Netflix original. You know it's directed by the guy who directed Drive, if that does anything for you. Not really. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, it's your turn, Tom. (laughs) Uh, This is 63? Yes. Goodfellas. Oh, nice. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Everybody knows this movie. It's funny. It's, uh, I don't know, this is like the ultimate just sort of full-on... mobster movie I feel like yeah not the most classic but like when when people think of mobster movies they think of Goodfellas uh yeah I don't know I love this movie it doesn't really have a special place for me necessarily like uh nostalgia wise but um it's great and when that uh I think it's a Led Zeppelin song comes on when uh when uh, Robert De Niro is about to go psycho and start killing people, that's uh, De Niro or Pesci. De Niro, when when he starts to get really paranoid, there's that scene with him at the bar. It, maybe it's not a no. That was song. Pesci. No, no, right? no, no, it's De, De, Niro. De Niro in the bar. It's De Niro. Yeah, yeah. He's at the no. Pesci has his like. You think I'm the funny? Scene. Pesci yeah, that's the, the one I'm doing. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean Pesci is. <laughs> He's un- he's untoppable. Um, no, De Niro. He goes he goes haywire like halfway through the movie. What? Why don't I remember this scene? In a bar? Yeah, there's some you know there's Ray Liotta talking over, you know, saying that was the that was about when whatever his face started to get really paranoid, you know. You could imagine it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm somewhat drawing a blank too, but really, I, I, uh, I don't not believe you. So, hmm. anyway, yeah, great movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't have anything particularly insightful to say about Goodfellas. It just kicks ass, and it's number sixty-three. Cool. All right. Speaking of movies that kick ass, my number 62 is The Matrix, arguably the <laughs> coolest movie oh, yeah. ever. Hell yeah. Um, staple in my childhood. 
Keanu, Lawrence Fishburne, um, the other chick, Trinity. What's that actress's name? Uh, Carrie Water? No, Carrie. Carrie Ann Moss. Carrie Ann Moss. Yes, she's fantastic. Just uh, iconic at the end when uh, Keanu puts on the shades and that Rage Against the Machine song kicks in, and then he just like fucking flies. Yeah. Cut to I credits. Are you kidding me? Iconic. Shit my pants when that happened. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man. I was like, was that 1999? Yes. Yeah, I was nine years old, and that was the most lit thing I'd ever seen. Still is the most lit thing ever. The Matrix. Can't wait for Matrix Resurrections. I'm stoked. Uh, yeah, not much more to say. Matrix is a fucking awesome, cool movie. Number 62. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is a very cool movie. It's uh, arguably too low on your list, Matt. Uh, nah, it's bullshit. It's not that good, all right? Uh <laughs> Just you wait and see. Oh, no. How good. (laughs) All Uh, right. Well, here's my Citizen Kane pick, you could say, I guess. Uh, 1950s, or yeah, 1950s, Sunset Boulevard, directed by Billy Uh Wilder. Never seen it. Uh, Recently rewatched this, and I gave it five stars on my first watch back in 2012, according to Letterboxd. But uh, this. Recent rewatch just uh, skyrocketed up on the list. It's just got that classic Hollywood story feeling to it. Uh, Great performances. It's pretty tragic and uh, sympathetic. And uh, it's got a killer ending. It's very iconic. If you have not seen it, I would highly recommend it. It's very entertaining for a older black and white flick. Nice. It's been on the list for a long time. I should make uh, make the time to watch it soon. Make some space for it. <laughs> Very cool. All right, Tom, you're number 62. Boogie Nights. <clears throat> Another Too high. Poem, Too Thomas high. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta be lower on the list, man. No, why? Because it's amazing. No, that's what I mean. I mean, when I say lower, I mean like higher. Oh, oh Jesus. Okay. I was <laughs> that's confusing. Like, no, wait. <laughs> like it's better than 62. Well, sounds like we're going to have uh, more thoughts shared later. But uh, I love the 70s setting and the uh, <laughs> the whole premise and the cast of bizarre um characters that live in this this weird burgeoning porn world um and i love the like under sort of underground sleazy celebrity that uh that uh mark Wahlberg's character earns mm-hmm. yeah dude buggy nights is rad matt what PTA movies aren't on your list. Uh, Magnolia, There Will Be Blood, Inherent Vice, Phantom Thread. Wait, wait, wait what? <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. There are that many. Blood on my is list. not on your list? No. Oh, my God. That's 
It's a good movie. Don't get me wrong, but my ears. Okay, not even. I guess you can't have them all. It's borderline top five PTA. Wow. I think I have three. I have three PTA movies on my list. Okay. And you've heard one. I just. I figured there will be blood would be automatically on the list, just uh, based on its pedigree. No, no way, dude. Wow. I think that movie is overrated. Oh, it's really good. Don't get me wrong, but I, did I know this? I feel like I didn't know this. No, <laughs> I don't. That's I, not even close to one of my favorites. I don't even. That movie doesn't even get brought up because it's just everyone considers it a masterpiece. <laughs> it's just doesn't even need to be mentioned. It's yeah, just, just, there's no. no need to talk about it. Not me, it's dude. Amazing. I'm an iconoclast okay. in that way. Okay. 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 <laughs> Very cool. Um, right. Back on track, Matthew. Your yeah, sixty-one. Yeah, my sixty-one. It's Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. Mm-hmm. It's uh, mm-hmm. overrated. What a man! I love this movie. It's super creepy. It's uh, iconic. I love the Steadicam. I mean, it was fucking invented for this movie. Love Steadicam. It's uh Okay, huge. hold on. Steady cam is the one where they like roll it down the hallway in front of the actors, right? What? It's like the scenes where the camera is following yeah. Danny on the bike on his tricycle, just like around. Yeah, okay, well, either way. Yeah, it's like a small mobile camera that doesn't bounce, basically. Yeah. That that was invented for this movie. And um uh, I didn't realize that. That effect is very unnerving. Mm-hmm. Stanley Kubrick was a, a technological genius, as pioneer. Well yeah, um, yeah, super creepy. Um, so many iconic scenes. I love the music. I love Shelley Duvall in it. Absolutely love Shelley Duvall. Uh, yeah. What more is there to say? You're not the Shining. Jack a little love. I mean, he's great in it too, but I prefer Shelley Duvall. Okay. Well, you're too I mean, I love this movie. It just. <laughs> Didn't feel like special enough to me to talking about put on the list. It's <laughs> a very special movie. People hold this one. No, no, no. Very to me personally, like I love the movie, but you know, well, it should be special. It's, it's no, no once, once upon, upon a time, time in Hollywood. In Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> For real. <laughs> Fuck yeah! Oh man. man. All right, right. let's move it. Let's move it along. Yes, Uh, Darren Aronofsky's Black Swan. Mm. Uh, It's a uh, great horror flick. Can we call it somewhat horrorish? Right. I call it a thriller. I would call it a taut thriller. A tight thriller. yeah, I haven't seen this movie in a long time, but uh, I do like it a lot. It's got a great ending. It's somewhat of a tragic ending. It does feel very similar to The Wrestler, in a sense. And mm. it was kind of weird that he did these movies back-to-back, right? Um. Yes, that is correct. The Wrestler was 2008, and Black Swan was 2011? Maybe 10? Somewhere yeah. in there. Yeah, I think, yep, yeah, 2008 and 2010. But yeah, I uh, love the performances. Uh, love the the vibe of it. The uh, Just like the, it just is kind of an uncomfortable movie. 
It's uh, also very similar to Carrie in a way. Maybe he was influenced by that. Who knows? Yeah, um, well, the world will never know. Great you know movie. what actor I love in this movie is Vincent Cassell or Castle. I could I have guessed that before you even finished your sentence. <laughs> well, I mean, he's like third build, so he's like the the dance teacher, right, or like the yeah. choreographer or whatever. He's great. He's yeah. also. Do you remember him from? Uh, he was in that that Joan of Arc movie that probably came out when we were about ten or eleven. Joan of Arc movie. Yeah, that it started like uh, a Tom movie. It, it starred <laughs> Mila uh, Jovovich. Mila Mila Jovovich was in a. What are, uh, what are we talking about? Joan of Arc, yeah, Joan of Arc movie. Yeah. Uh, oh, it was called The Messenger. You guys never saw that? Uh uh-uh. oh. Oh my god, I loved that movie. Nineteen ninety nine. So we were nine. <clears throat> Where is this piece of shit? <laughs> oh, I've seen the the cover of this. Uh-huh. Uh, well, you should watch the whole thing. It I thought it was incredible. some like Netflix original bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a thirty one percent of rut. Wow, look at that cast though. Fucking stack. Dustin Hoffman, I know. Faye Dunaway, John nuts. Malkovich. Whoa. Vincent Castle. <laughs> <laughs> Dustin Hoffman in the Joan of Arc movie. Hell yeah. Bring it on. He's great in it. I don't know. This movie is uh, better than it's getting credit for here. Whoa. Rab Affleck is in it? Is that brother of Ben? Rab? Rab Affleck. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I've seen this guy before. Is that is that Rab himself from Jackass? Yeah, Rab Affleck. No, Rab. I don't see him. He was in. uh, He was in Outlaw King, Netflix original bullshit right there. (laughs) What movie are we talking about right now? The Messenger. The Messenger. (laughs) The Messenger. (laughs) Okay. That that was your wait. That no. How did that that go? That's not not someone's pick, right? No, <laughs> who's her? It's all the other. It's oh my god! Where are we? <laughs> oh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Black Swan is where we were. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and doing a great job of keeping this on track. Uh, any other thoughts on Black Swan? Nope. All right, Sh- Tom, your number. It? Yeah, Tom, your number sixty-one. Alien. Nice. Yeah, it's uh, it's super it's good. Big. It's way better than Aliens. Yes, I agree. And uh, not as good. I as love Prometheus. the self-contained nature <laughs> of the story. You know, there's no yeah. like we left the planet and then we landed somewhere else and all that bullshit. It's just like in the fucking ship. <clears throat> yeah, very mm-hmm. concise thoughts. I like it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, (laughs) number 60, uh, I have to correct myself. So this is actually the oldest film on my list and it is the quintessential romantic comedy. It is, it happened one night from Frank Capra. Uh, I fucking love this movie. Love Clark Gable. Love Claudette Colbert. Just, um, an amazing romance and it's clever and witty and uh, everybody should watch it. If you haven't seen it, do it. It happened one night, number 60. 
I have the Criterion, but it has been sitting on my shelf ever since. Now's the time. Unopened. <laughs> not even time. opened? Nope. Oh, not no. even opened. All right. Uh, my 60 is a placeholder for this trilogy. Uh, on its own, it may not make a top 100, but you know what? I'm making a special circumstance for it. Can you guys guess what it is? One of those fucking ape movies. Matt nailed it. John of the Planet of the Apes. Oh, my God. Is that the Uh, second one? That is the second one, yep. When Matt Reeves took over. Uh, I think this is an awesome sequel. I love this entire trilogy. It's hard to pick a favorite out of the three. Um, I've gushed about these movies enough on this podcast. I'm just going to leave it at that. Let's well, you picked. Keep, let's just keep this thing moving. You picked the right one. If I had to pick, I'd pick that one. So, good call. All right, my number sixty is Saving Private Ryan. <clears throat> I just talked about this on a recent show, so I'll save my thoughts. For Great that episode, movie. check her out. Um, all right, moving right along to number fifty-nine. It is Derek Sion France's The Place Beyond the Pines. Huge. Ryan Gosling in a killer performance in the first third of the film as like a fucking white trash motorcycle dude. Just an iconic performance from him. It's where he met his now wife, Eva Mendez. Um, Just a movie. It's about generational uh, trauma and how, uh, you know, past mistakes can be passed on to your, uh, your kids and then they turn into fuck ups too. And it's huge. What a message. Spans decades. Great film. Bradley Cooper's the weak link, but you know, that's Bradley Cooper for you. Am I right? Uh, Place yeah. Me on the Pines. Number 60, or, uh, 59. You know, I want to, I do love this movie. I, I wish I loved it a little bit more, but um, it just always feels a little uneven. Like I'm always more interested in the first half than the second half. See, I, I, I used to feel that way. I like the middle third more than I used to. Cause like the middle third is like the, the Bradley Cooper part of the story. Yeah. It's pretty good though. I recently rewatched it and um, it's still the weakest of the three acts, but I still enjoy it. It's not Derek's best. Let's just say that. Well, I just did. So speak for okay. yourself. Well, just, just <laughs> wait, a, wait a few more picks or another show or two and, and you'll find out. Another show or two. Oh my god! Beyond the the light, Gotta beyond the the lighthouse. Is that your favorite? The no, I beyond I the seen white that one. lighthouse rainbow. That's or the one I what's it seen. called? <laughs> I the love that movie. Oceans, what is it called? Yes, think, the light between the oceans. Light? Yeah, I, I champion that movie. It's not top one hundred, but all right. Uh, my fifty nine. Bob Egghead's The Witch. Ooh, you would. didn't. Didn't like this one the first time I saw it in theater, and I attribute that to not understanding what the fuck everyone was saying. Mm. But on a rewatch, this movie sang to me. Uh, I think it's kind of a perfect little movie. It does everything it's trying to do uh, so well. It's got a very iconic ending. Uh, It's kind of a simple story, but... Yeah, I just love uh, being on that little farm or whatever with that family and uh just uh watching the devil fuck it up 
Mm, Would thou like to live deliciously? (laughs) (laughs) That was the worst Black Phillip ever, but... <laughs> that was pretty bad, but uh, yeah, great <laughs> scene, Matt. <laughs> great scene. <clears throat> uh, my number fifty-nine is Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Nice. Another um, of uh, this is another candidate for favorite movie of someone who was. I'm going to say 22 or younger, and then went on to watch more movies and decided, okay, uh, I like other movies better, but. Still great. I'm gonna act like okay. I didn't hear you just say that. But. <laughs> <laughs> um, very cool. Number fifty-eight. It's the Mummy. Enough said. It's fucking classic. Brendan Fraser is so hot. Rachel Wise is so hot. Everyone's so hot. It's the hottest yeah. movie ever made. The Mummy. Number fifty-eight. That guy, that Egyptian oh, guy right. with the on the. Does he ride a camel? I don't think so. He rides a horse. You know what I'm talking about. They're like, uh, you know, competent teammate. Oh, the uh, like the the guy, like the guy who lives in the desert. He's like yes. uh, part of the ancient the yeah. guardians of the whatever. Yeah, that guy's hot too. There's no yeah. one who's not hot in this movie except for Benji, the British. Yeah. Well, yeah, the British guys, but whatever. No, his his Benji, the little rat fuck guy, is the only one who's not hot. But oh. Uh, what's the what's her name? Nosferatu. <laughs> Whose name? <laughs> the mummy's name. Her name. Oh, you I'm thinking. Well, I said her because of the new one. Yeah, his name. Uh, his name is uh, Iman. Iman. Oh, Imotep. Imotep. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. And her name is Anuxulamun. Oh God, Anuxulamun. the names. Oh, so. Amazing. Hot. God, I'm getting a boner just thinking about it. We gotta <laughs> move on. Like a, a band name. <laughs> Anuxula Moon. Sounds like a black metal band name, right? <laughs> One of those logos you can't fucking read. Um, the Mummy, right. 58. Let's hear it. 58, Travis. My 58 is Little Children. Directed nice. By that is way high. Oh, fuck. I thought you said Little Women. <laughs> no, no. Little Children. Boo. <laughs> Uh, love this movie. I feel like it's uh, like a underrated, underseen gem. I know it got some uh, a little critical love when it came out, but I feel like it's kind of what? a forgotten movie. Kate Winslet and Jennifer Connelly. I've never even heard of this. Yeah, don't get excited, bud. It's fine. It's a great movie. It's, it's uh, got it's got shades of American Beauty in it. Um, I just kind of have a thing for the like you know the perfect suburban like family or lifestyle and then there's like that like not like cd but you know like a something underneath that's a secret not so perfect mm-hmm. you know you, you know what i'm trying to say yeah it's a story for soccer moms it's it, a yeah, gossip it's actually <laughs> 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 they would eat this shit up yeah dude uh but so did i and uh it's a great movie it's uh Pretty tragic and also sympathetic, kind of like Sunset Boulevard. You know, you really feel for some of the characters in this movie. It, it does have the, the like, you know, like, woe is me, white people stuff that people can uh, easily uh, discard or, you know, make fun of. But uh, I don't know. I I got really caught up with this movie the first time I watched it, and uh, I like to revisit it every 
few years or so and recommend it to people because they usually haven't seen it. So great movie. And uh, oh, yeah, awesome performance by Jackie Earl Haley. He is a he plays like a uh, pedophile, like sex offender in the movie. And <laughs> it's a great performance. That is true. He is great in that movie. I thought you were going to make a joke and say incredible performance by Patrick Wilson's ball sack. Oh. That's where I thought you were going with that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have brought up his ball sack at least a few times on the show. But yes, if you look closely during the sex scene on the uh, the dryer. The dryer yeah. or washer or whatever. Yeah. You can see Patrick Wilson's ball sack just flopping in the not the wind because they're inside (laughs) (laughs) flopping on the rinse cycle (laughs) it's great yep it is great uh tom 58 casino royale now i loved james bond when i was a kid and i was really really nervous about the casting you know because i was a big pierce brosnan guy but when casino royale came out my mind was blown. Uh, Whoa. Daniel Craig is such a stud in this movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I just love the swing that they took with him being a bruiser instead of a suave, you know, debonair guy. Um, I was really into it. So, and I, I, I've liked pretty much all of the James Bond movies since then. Uh, all the Craig Bond flicks, but this one is the, uh, the catalyst. Sets the tone for the rest of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's an awesome movie. It's one of my favorite Bond movies, too. Uh, 57, David Fincher's The Social Network. Ooh. Fucking love this movie. I love the score. I love the performances. I love that it basically takes this story that, you know, on its surface, probably doesn't seem very interesting, but makes it the most interesting. And it's got that... Aaron Sorkin, um, you know, the witty rapid fire dialogue. And um, I love The Social Network. It's one of my favorites from him. Not the favorite, but uh, one of the best. And uh, yeah, that's that. Social Network. Cool. Very cool. My 57, the quintessential coming of age movie. Stand by Me, directed by Rob Reiner. A, uh, it's got yeah, pretty much everything that I love about the Sandlot, just minus the baseball stuff. Maybe add in a little murder mystery adventure. Uh, the movie Maybe. looks great. Some uh, great set pieces, just iconic scenes like uh, when they get the leeches on them or the the train sequence. Uh, it just has that like you know fun coming of age hangout vibe, and the ending. I know I've been saying that a lot, but the <laughs> ending of this movie is <laughs> amazing. When he's sitting at his computer and he gives the last little oh hold on, I've never seen it. Pieces of dialogue. Uh, oh, I won't say anything specific, but man, it, it hits you in the feels. It is a very touching ending. It's a great movie, Rob Reiner. One of the goats that doesn't get the uh, the credit he deserves. He yeah. should be up there with uh, Stanley Kubrick on uh, the Mount Rushmore of 
<laughs> director. Oh, far, but <laughs> I do love Rob Reiner. <laughs> he had a great run in the 80s and early 90s. I'll say that. Oh, much. yeah. Yeah. All righty. 57 mm-hmm. for me is School of Rock. Yes, dude. Yeah. Let's rock today. <laughs> <laughs> Let's rock. Let's Surprise rock. Surprise that's today. not a uh, top five, Tom. I'm not cool. uh this movie is fucking hilarious it's my ultimate um hangover comfort food movie which i used to be able to watch before i was a parent and now i just have to suffer and um struggle until about 12 30 and then i take a nap um so there are no morning no more 10 o'clock hangover movies but when those were a thing this was the number one choice yeah, great pick. It will uh, be popping up on my list down the road. Um, number 56, another relatively recent first watch. I think, Travis, if I recall correctly, you had it on your list last episode. It is Come and See, the uh, Actually, Russian. No, did not. You did not. Oh, I must be misremembering. Come and See is the... Uh, Russian anti-war film that um, was really difficult uh-huh. to see up until the past like year or two when Criterion put out their Blu-ray. Um, very, very difficult watch. It's uh, brutal, uh, but beautiful at the same time. It's uh, expertly crafted. And my mind was kind of blown by just how impactful it was. Definitely not an easy watch, but uh left a mark on me so come and see at number 56 kind of sad i don't have this on my list but um maybe if we ever do this again sometime would love to see this in the theater i think uh the bigger the screen the better yeah for sure with most war movies all right uh my 56 is repo man a very punk movie a very cult movie um but yeah it's just a very watchable and entertaining uh it also looks great for a low budget movie just the way uh they shoot los angeles looks amazing and uh just kind of got a weird vibe and tone to it um but yeah it's just a lot of fun to watch it's got this weird almost like alien aspect to it at times um you know there's like something mysterious going on but um if you haven't seen it i won't say any further but uh yeah you should uh definitely check it out if you haven't seen it it's a great movie bought the criterion and uh have not watched it yet so i didn't know you love that movie that much that makes me want to watch tonight matt Tonight, I'm probably going to be looking at Pokemon cards on Target and Best Buy and shit. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe not tonight, but... (laughs) Way too busy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I got a full night ahead of me, dude. Um, But it's on the list for sure. That's cool. Okay. Tom, you're uh, 56. My 56 is Thor Ragnarok. Suck it, Travis. <laughs> I still haven't rewatched it. Funniest Marvel movie. Um, 
and best cameo. Maybe best cameo of all time, Jeff Goldblum. He's, I don't, he doesn't really count as a cameo, does yeah, he? Yeah, that's not he's a cameo. A, he's a character. Yeah, he's a character. I don't know. Well, Matt he, Damon has a cameo in that movie, though. He kills in it. Oh, yeah, he does. And that's a good one. <laughs> um, okay, Thor Ragnarok. Interesting. All right. So funny. Yeah, so funny, dude. It is so funny, though. I love that movie. <laughs> I wanted a couple superhero movies in here, you know? Yeah, dude. Felt right. Yeah, we don't have enough of them. Mm-hmm. Well, for those who aren't familiar, Travis famously gave that movie a 1.5 star rating when we one reviewed star. it. One star. A one star rating. It's absolute insanity. I can't believe that. That is so I'm fun. still mad. It was... No, he was doing it for content, trying to cause Fuck. some drama. Fuck that trying movie. to gin up, <laughs> <laughs> drum up some interest. It it's like the ultimate Marvel fanboy movie, and I think that's what just rubbed me the wrong way. Like, no. it's just so like Marvel. It's disgusting. <laughs> uh, well, we I don't. Just, no, it, like, so it Marvel. Just, like, it's disgusting. Is uh is the Ryan Reynolds uh fucking Deadpool? Deadpool shit? Yeah, oh yeah, and I don't really like those movies either. Me but, neither. This one, I, it was just like, yeah, I I could just feel and hear the like Marvel fanboys just eating this shit up, and I couldn't couldn't stand for it, couldn't sit for it either. <laughs> All right, <laughs> um, moving on to what are we on? Fifty five. We got five picks left. Yep. 55 for me is The Killing of a Sacred Deer. It's my favorite Yorgos film. Again, I wouldn't call this a dark comedy. I would say it is a comedic drama. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's not <laughs> so as funny. So you're flipping them. It's not as funny this as This is a, a comedic drama and The Lobster is a... <laughs> is, is, a, a is a black comedy, yeah. Dark comedy, okay, yeah. Um I it is love funny. that analysis, and I think it's <laughs> accurate. The Killing of a Sacred Deer is very, very strange. People, I love the way that people talk to each other in Yorgos's movies because it's not how people talk, but it's just so dry <laughs> and interesting. Uh, I love Colin Farrell's uh, performance in it, and I uh, love the climax of the film, without saying more than that. And the opening, too, with the heart surgery thing. Oh, so good. Oh. Yeah. And Barry Keough, just uh, just an unsettling, strange, funny performance. So Killing with Sacred Deer is 55. 55 for me. It was already brought up earlier on Tom's list. It is American Beauty. I don't know how much mm. more time we need to spend on it, but um, just I'll just add a little something. This was one of the first movies that kind of really got me thinking about movies beyond just entertainment. I remember watching like the commentary of this and like the all the special features like the storyboarding and when I like made the realization and granted this was like over 10 years ago so fuck off. When uh you see like the reflection of the the blinds like uh in his computer screen at work and it's supposed to Look like a prison cell. Oh my mm. god! Fucking just piercing the imagery. <laughs> yeah, what a genius. amazing, amazing, amazing movie. <laughs> Number fifty-five. Sweet. 
Uh, my number 55 is The Dark Knight. Mm. Is that your favorite Batman flick? Yeah. Cultural phenomenon. Mm-hmm. For sure. Uh, that's another R.I.P. situation mm-hmm. with Heath. Um, and his performance was absurd. It was so a good. A revelation? <laughs> yeah. It was a revelation. Yeah. Iconic. Sweet. All right. Mm-hmm. Number 54, one of the most um, strange and depressing movies that I've seen. Uh, Lars von Trier's Dancer in the Dark, starring Bjork. It's a very interesting movie. There's nothing else like it. It's like a super depressing musical shot on video. Um just a very bizarre movie, but uh, I absolutely love Bjork's performance. And the ending of this movie is just, it's dark as fuck and uh, very impactful. So, you know, I love dark, depressing shit. So Dancer in the Dark is a weird blend of of like ultra bright visuals and, you know, music and song and dance combined with this just fucking depressing story and uh, I love it. That's uh 54 for me. All right. I still have never seen that. Need to. Uh, yeah. 54 for me is Cool Hand Luke. Uh, right I watched on. this for the first time a few years ago due to Tom assigning it to me when when he used to do the uh Rotten Tomatoes game. Uh, just say iconic classic prison movie, uh, killer performance by Paul Newman. Definitely need to watch some more of his movies because he is magnetic in this movie. Electric? What, what do we want to say? He's uh, He's got those baby blues and he's just, uh, yeah, killing every moment. And He's uh, also I in pretty good shape, which I didn't really remember. Mm, yeah, he is a hunk, that is for sure. Uh, and it was a, a little bit ahead of its time, I feel like. Um, would like to watch it again, because I've only seen it that one time, but uh, it definitely made an impact, obviously. So that is my 54. You seen uh, Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid? I have, and it did not have the same impact as this one. I thought it was kind of meh, to be honest. <laughs> Jeez. I know. Harsh. Harsh words. Maybe I'll try it again. All right, uh, okay. All right, Tom. Number 54 is The Silence of the Lambs. Mm-hmm. Uh, super spooky movie. Introduced me to the whole uh, kind of like detective genre um and cannibalism so it's a twofer and that ending <laughs> that ending is actually great ending. Uh, <laughs> incredible nice all right number 53 for me is portrait of a lady on fire uh what a beautiful movie just achingly beautiful and heartfelt and just uh 
Oh, makes yeah. my heart swell just thinking about it. That ending in the opera house ugh, yeah. gets me. Wow, I didn't time. realize you uh, loved this that much. I still have not seen it. What? This it will was, be uh, revisited on my list as well. So it was uh, one of those movies that came out after we made our year end list, and yeah. therefore it got uh, <laughs> lost in the shuffle. Travis, yeah. you really need to prioritize this movie. Okay, I did buy the Criterion Blu-ray. I did blind mm-hmm. buy it. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, it's just fucking sitting amazing. there looking at me. It's only gonna go up. It's only gonna go up. From so, here. Matt, can I ask you if I don't? We may have already covered this, but um, if you were to re-rank your top ten movies of that year, where would this one fall? So that I only care been... about the ranking of this movie. You don't need to, you know, rehash the whole. Thing. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. Well, that that would have been a considered a 2019 movie, right? I believe so. Um. Well, I'm looking at that year's list, and uh, the top five movies from that year are not on my top 100, so. I guess number one. Wow. Yeah. What was your number one? I forget. Uh, uh, Dad Astra. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I, <laughs> I mean, not that me- I like that movie a lot, but like, number one when there was so many other. Oh, I mean, movies. Irishman was two and Mary Story was three. So Okay. I stand by that. <laughs> Once Upon a Time it. in Hollywood was my number six. <laughs> <laughs> well, Last Black Man in San Francisco was number yeah, six was... for me that year, and that made and that me was list. on your list. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, shit changes. But okay. I also had okay. Parasite number four, which is wrong. So you know, what you can do. Uh, yeah, it would have been, been my number one. Yeah, should have been higher. Portrait would have been your number one. Yeah, it would have been my number one. You got a lot to try this. I know. I know. All right, what's your fifty-three? My fifty-three is the Terminator. The first one. The first one. My God. The first one. Interesting. Yes. This is what uh, paved the way for T2, one of the best action films of all time. We'll be getting to that one a little bit later. Uh, This also was the introduction of the iconic Terminator theme, which is amazing. Probably one of the best themes of all time. Yep. Uh. And I like the simplicity of this one and how it w- almost works more as like a like a slasher horror movie than like a, you know, I mean, it, there are definitely sci-fi elements to it, but it's not like a full-on action movie like T2. But there are some action moments in this. And um, I just love the look of it. There's like a lot of blue to it that looks really good. And uh, yeah, I just... T1 and T2 are both amazing movies, and um, this one is on my list first, so there you go. Yeah. The rest of the franchise, take it or leave it, but these two rock. Terminator 3 is underrated, but (laughs) not top 100 fodder for sure. 15 or 20 (laughs) years. Sweet. All right, Tom, 53. Oh, uh, The Thin Red Line. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, beautiful movie. Uh, who directed this? Malik? Terrence Malik? Yep. Yeah. 
I watched this pretty recently. I don't know. It's uh, it's just it's poetic. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's war as a poem or something. I don't know. No, no, you're right. If if Apocalypse Now is a psychological war movie, then Red Line is a philosophical war movie. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Tight. All right. The Thinking Man's war movie. Yep. The Feeling Man's war movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> um, all right. 52. We got two picks left. 52 for me is the scariest film ever made. It is The Exorcist. Whoa. Billy Friedkin's uh, absolutely insane horror flick. Um Scarred for life by uh, technically not in the theatrical cut, but the scene of uh, of Reagan crawling backwards down the stairs just ugh, uh-huh. makes me want to barf. It's so scary. <laughs> I still it's, haven't seen uh, it. <laughs> very good. It's a little slow, but uh, fuck, it's scary and it holds up too. So, but fuck, Exorcist, what a banger. <laughs> <Trapless>. <laughs> All right, right. what's your 52? Uh, Arguably one of the best movies that Disney has ever put out. This is The Lion King from 1994. (laughs) What? 52? What, What, should it be higher? No, it shouldn't even be on the list. You love it that much, huh? Oh, I love The Lion King. (laughs) (laughs) Love the music. Love the story. I know it's a ripoff. How is this not on your list? Hamlet or whatever Shakespearean tale or whatever, but the amount of story that's like packed into this and like emotion, it just does so much for a kid's movie. I I don't know, Matt, you are really underselling this one. It's a fucking bank. I don't have a single non Pixar Disney movie on my list. Oh my oh, God. You're what is wrong with such you? Such a hipster. No way, dude. <laughs> Tom, come on. Lion King rules. Yeah, dude. It's on my list. Come on. Yeah. Obviously. It's incredible. It's amazing. One of the most formative films I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. I, and when I rewatched it, like, I don't know, five or ten years ago, it, like, it didn't miss a beat. It, ha- it held up, like, yeah, it's amazing. Um, Should have been higher. Yeah. I fucked up. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Should have been lower, according to Matt. <laughs> Should, nope. I, shouldn't even be having this conversation right now. But. You're crazy, what can Matt. you do? It's not my you list. It's your crazy. list. Matt, Cheech right. Baron is in this movie. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so? <laughs> All right. You know, Hakuna Matata. Uh, my number 52 is Interstellar. So. Ooh. It's pretty high you for you. Nice. You think so? I wasn't expecting it to be that high. I think it's my highest Nolan. Wrong. Yeah, well, <laughs> I can only imagine. Matt, you're done with Nolan? Spoilers. I'm fuck Nolan, dude. I'm done. Oh, no. <laughs> Don't get your hopes up, bud. That's it. Uh, this movie is on the list for me because it's so epic and because of the music and because uh, I, I bought into the cheese. I loved it. All of <laughs> yeah. it. and i also love the memes the interstellar memes the this little maneuver is going to cost us 50 years or whatever Mm -hmm. i love it (laughs) 
fantastic film very nice all right we have reached the end of the episode 51 gonna close things out with a film that tom already mentioned that is goodfellas Mm. just the uh for me the best mobster film i prefer it to the godfather just endlessly rewatchable i could put this movie on anytime and be fine with it it's just uh, fantastic and yet you don't remember the bar scene Nope, I do not. <laughs> I remember the bar scene where uh, Pesci says, "You think I'm funny?" and he stabs him with the pen. I remember that scene, but I think he shoots the kid. What? In the I foot. He shoots the kid. He does. Pesci does. <laughs> yeah. Is the pen? Yeah, is the pen? Scene? Have you seen this movie? Yeah, dude. <laughs> Wait. Is the pen? Do you know what I mean by the pen scene? Is that from Casino or is that Goodfellas? I feel like it's Goodfellas. <laughs> I don't remember the pen scene. It must be Casino. He like it grabs could be a Casino. He grabs a penny, like fucking stabs the guy in the neck with it. I think it's Casino. Are you sure? I'm pretty, pretty sure. sure. Fuck. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that's my number fifty-one. Casino. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> For that scene specifically, I do love Casino. Uh... <laughs> Honorary, you know what? Fuck it. It's a joint pick. It's Casino and Good <laughs> It might as well 51. be. <laughs> Both fantastic. All Fair right. Enough. 51 for you, Travis. My 51. My second favorite Brian De Palma movie. Spoilers for my list. Uh, Blowout. Uh, this movie I loved, 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 loved the first time I saw it. And every time I watch it, it doesn't have that same you know, feeling, but I feel like that's the case with maybe not all movies, but some movies. Uh, But, you know, still an amazing movie, even after all the times I've seen it now. Uh, I like to to put it on every couple years or so since I've seen it. Um, Just got a great, like, mystery thriller aspect to it. It's got some, like, filmmaking aspects to it as well. sort of meta in a way, I guess. Um, some really good sequences and like the way it's edited and all that. It's uh, it's an awesome movie. I've only seen it the one time. It's. Uh, Did you know that I have your copy? Whose? Mine or Travis's? Oh, I thought it was Travis's. Maybe it's yours. Better I think I have. I think I have mine. Wait, Travis, do you have yours? Uh. I don't think I do now that you mention it. Wow, Tom, you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> 51st favorite film of all time. And even oh, no, no, I do have it. I do have it. It, it was oh. in like my uh, recently watched pile that I haven't... Oh, that's right. I was going to give it to Matt. Put away. He's in Florida. What? So, Matt, Wait, you better check why not? <laughs> well, my movies are in the other room, so I'm not going to extend uh, this uh, podcast. Maybe I bought it and I didn't realize... No, no, I, I now that you mentioned it, I did let you borrow it. You still have it? I thought you gave it back. I've no, got a few send, movies. Send it to Matt via <laughs> media mail. It'll cost you about three bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Well, I'll have to. No, I'll give it to him as, at his wedding. <laughs> there you go. His wedding, <laughs> <gift>. <laughs> wedding gift. Wedding yeah. gift. <laughs> Your fucking movie. <laughs> Killer. This present. one's good. Trust me. <laughs> All right. Uh, cool. <laughs> yeah. Blow you out still rules. have it. <laughs> My number 51 is Victoria. Oh, the German uh, one-shot oh, film, huh? 
This is yes. your good time, right, Tom? This is my good time. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm actually afraid to rewatch it because this was one of my all-time favorite theater experiences. Oh, so, wow. You saw us in the theater? Yeah. Me too, yeah. dude. You fucking wow. loser, Travis. Come I on. Get I... on our level. <laughs> Didn't we see it together? I still lived in Kent. Oh, we did. I'm pretty sure. Oh, Capital. yeah. It was at the yeah. Egyptian, right? We saw it at the Egyptian. That's right. Yeah, I That's forgot right. that was with you. Yeah. Um, it, wow, look at you guys. We're cool. I don't know. This movie just like emotionally <laughs> just sort of captured my attention more than almost any other movie I've seen. And I think it's one of its strengths is that it's a, uh, I found it at least to be plausible, you know, from like, from start to finish where the characters get like pulled into these weird situations and or the main character in particular, because she just sort of meets these guys in, at the start of the movie. Uh, and I don't know. I was like, I had the heart pounding pretty much the whole Give movie. So this tag I was into it. One city, one night, one take. Yeah, I mean, it's that's cheesy. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it does. But I would uh, like to watch it again. I remember liking it, but I mean, yeah, you know, it's no good time. I don't know if I'll ever rewatch it, but uh, that one time, it was awesome. <laughs> Just it leave it at the one. It's one of those movies that you just you can't jeopardize your memory of it. So just sit yeah. with the memory of it, you know? Yeah, Matt, mm-hmm. don't rewatch Blowout. First time's the best time. There's no point in going back. Yeah, but I was thinking about putting it on my list, and then I decided not to because I felt like I needed a rewatch. <laughs> so mm. what? to what point That's do I tough. not rewatch it, you know? I got to. <laughs> it's, it's dicey. I got to see him. Maybe the next iteration of this list. Yeah. Yep, yep. All right. Well, we're halfway done with our top 100s. Now we're really getting into it. Now Tom is really going to have to put some thought into the uh, the structure. <laughs> have to organize this shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. It's going to be huge. There's going to be some surprises in store, I'm sure. There's going to be mm-hmm. some arguments, I'm sure. There's going to be some, some tears. Maybe some cream. We'll see. It's always cream here. Always cream. Always cream. Um, that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you, everybody, for joining us, being along for the ride. We're approaching episode 100. I hope you uh, follow us along to that important milestone. We'll be back in a couple weeks with ep- entries uh, 50 through 26. It's going to be huge. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Peace. Doctors leaving